Welcome to Friends of the Forest, Episode 7. I'm your host, Brad Whipple. Joining me today, again, is the wonderful Sarah Haas. Sarah, how's it going? It's me! I'm Woo-hoo. so glad you invited me back. Yeah, you know, surprisingly. I thought after the last one. <laughs> it was, we were done. No yeah, more of that. cut it off. Yeah, I know. We're joined today on a Thursday night. We're here to talk about sad boy Kylo Ren. He's going through so many things, Sarah. We are going to be doing a two-part series. This first episode is going to focus on Kylo Ren. And the second part, which will come at some point, will focus on the character of Rey. So the two central figures of the sequel trilogy, and they both got some got some stuff going on. They're pretty complex characters. They don't really know where they fit into the, the world and the universe. And it's not the most identifiable thing in the world, and I don't know what is. But that's what makes them so great. And I some of the most compelling stories in the sequel trilogy so thank you jj happy birthday jj abrams by the way Ah, yes wonderful man with his glasses and his one little curly hair that comes down his son by the way have you seen his son no so they're writing we're breaking news right now just kidding this has been out for a while him and his son are making a spider-man comic how old is his son i don't know i think his name is henry that's a good name. They look the exact same. That's so funny. I had no idea he had a child. Yeah, right? I was like, oh, wow. They, they released a video. This fine evening. Wow. Yeah, they released a video. I was like, wow, who's that strange man sitting next to J.J. Abrams that looks exactly like J.J. Abrams? And it's his son. And That's they have so the same funny. mannerisms and everything. Well, that would make some sense. I also have to say you thanked JJ. I will also say thank you Ryan because yes. TLJ dive into yep. a lot of that good quality Kylo content. So True. And right of that. course. And thank you Kathleen Kennedy. Ugh, an icon. And Stan. thank you Lucasfilm Story Group who I can't name we, every person in so I'm going to leave it at that. Basically, we have so many people to thank. Thank All right. you guys. It's going to be an Oscar speech. Thank you George Lucas. <laughs> Thank you, Mrs. Norman, from my fourth grade English class. You've taught me the process Shout out to my of dad. writing. Woo! Oh, yeah. God. Okay, Woo. guys, we're not doing the Kylo anymore. Kylo Ren themed episode. It's just an episode of thanking people. I really don't know why you're inviting me back. <laughs> we're going to get started. How this episode is going to be broken down is into three parts. The first part, we're going to be talking about Kylo Ren pre Force Awakens, how he fell from grace how he became who he is, what what he used to be like. Second part, we're going to talk about Kylo's current state as we know it from The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi. And the final part is going to be Kylo's future. There's a lot of unknowns, a lot of question marks around it. We're going to be diving into what we think might happen with him. We're going to be diving into certain themes and literature in general and what that could spell for kylo and his story and all of this so it's going to be an exciting episode let's get started you get so caught up in restoring the galaxy to its rightful state that you miss what's going on behind the scenes i'm looking forward to having some real talk with some real folks so kylo pre force awakens what, yes, what do you think were his hobbies as a, as a child? I gotta, I gotta, I've been, I've been thinking about this. Well, we know he had in The Last Jedi, in our flashback scenes, he had a little calligraphy set. Mm. So I like to, I think it's in the visual dictionary. I like to think um, 
that he liked to to write. Maybe he liked to journal. Yeah. Maybe he liked to maybe. You know, we know who he kind of like battles his feelings, just like in general. Maybe he liked to write them out. Maybe he had a journal prior to falling from grace. I'm telling you, this is going to be a great episode. <laughs> <laughs> Dear diary. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, Dad's still out on the Falcon. He hasn't yeah. come back for a few days. Dad, no, come home. I think maybe he liked uh, to write. Maybe he liked to um sit and hang out and meditate i don't know i haven't read last shot sorry it's when a good he was one. a baby boy it's interesting you bring that up i did read last shot and mm-hmm. i think that written by jose older right mm-hmm. uh daniel jose older daniel jose older perfect just pulled it out by the way that cover is great i love what they did with that cover for that book Especially some of the con exclusives where you got L3 and Lando. And I think they had that mm-hmm. at Celebration. Or no, the one with Chewbacca. They had it at Celebration at the Anderson's booth. They I was did? Thi- mm-hmm. I was thinking about getting it. And I was like, I, I don't that. think I should buy a book I already have. But that cover is gorgeous. But that book gave such great insight to Han as a dad. Mm-hmm. It really felt like he was constantly battling with... Not really sure. Like, I feel like when you're a parent, you don't really have a baseline for, like, what's right. I mean, you do. You have a baseline for what's right and what's wrong. But it's kind of one of those things, like, when you're finally in it, you can think about it your whole life and think how you know. You you can think that you know what you're going to be able to do with it or how you're going to be able to handle that. But once you're actually thrown into it, it's an entirely different thing. And I thought that's what I think Han experienced as a dad. And he was very conflicted with it constantly. Um. And I think that definitely lends itself to what Kylo experienced as a kid growing up. Um, do you think he, who, who do you think he looked to as his uncle, Lando or Chewbacca? I'm I'm curious on this one too. Oh wow, I have because if this book. if Han's not I mean, being the dad, he can technically book. be all, at all points. You know, who's the next best father figure to Kylo as a kid? That's a great question. Um... I feel like this is just such an uninformed opinion for me. Uh, so forgive me uh, for sounding dumb if this is the wrong answer. But I would say, you know, I, I believe in this book. I could be wrong. Um, you know, I've gotten bits and pieces of it from here and there. But didn't Lando, like, put a blaster in a locker with a note? Um, was that this book? I think, yeah, for for Kylo. Yeah, yeah. Like he had some sort of gift like that that he gave him? I yes. believe so, yeah. So, I mean, I think, like, Lando really cared for him and really wanted him to succeed. And it's it's difficult. His family life, Kylo's family life is really difficult because you look at these two people, Han and Leia, and you say, wow, they're they're in so many ways like perfect people or people you would look up to or want to emulate for any number of reasons right um but these people are also so dedicated for leia she's so dedicated to the cause to helping the galaxy at large to the rebellion to all of these pieces um to rebuilding the republic and and han has always been a little bit of somebody who can't stay in one spot who can't settle um, who there's a need for like independence and control over a situation as much as possible. 
And so when you put those two people together in front of a child, it's almost as if it will never work out because these two people have such varying priorities. So I can understand why Kylo may have felt lonely or um, why we may not have as good of a grip on Kylo's character as a person Mm -hmm. um, as we would want to because it just comes from a, a difficult family life. I took your question, I answered it briefly, and then I pivoted the heck away from it. <laughs> no, that's, I, I do, yeah, I would think Lando is obviously the, is, is the choice. And Chewbacca is the, is the pet, almost. He's like the pet dog. You know, when you got the baby growing up, and you got the, the dog, and the baby gets licked by the dog in the face, and the baby laughs, and it's such a cute moment. I feel like that's Chewbacca probably go like making his Chewbacca noises and he has some sort of rattles that he's like playing with in front of Kylo and Kylo's just like he like uses the force once and Han and Leia are like did you see that (laughs) did he just use his first force power um but yeah I think you bring up a really interesting point with Han and Leia having this call of duty and also the sense of not wanting to stay in one place because when you think about the characters of Han and Leia Think about them before they all come together, and Luke, before they all come together, like, who they are. So you got Leia, who's dedicated to the cause. She's the senator. I'm on a diplomatic mission to Alderaan, like, putting on the facade, totally into it. And you got Han, who's in it for the money, sitting in the cantina, looking for his next job. And you got Luke, who is going to be moisture farming forever at the Tashi station, picking up those power converters. He looking to the horizon, always looking to the future, wondering what's next. And what brings them together is the empire. That's what brings them together. That's it's that experience and the circumstances that bring them together. So when now, when you take those circumstances out in the post empire world, and there is no longer a cause to fight for, but they're going back to the bureaucracy of the Republic and, and the Senate all three of our characters revert back, with the exception of Luke, possibly. Han and Leia revert back to what they're used to. So you have Han, who is now like, well, now I don't have this larger purpose anymore of fighting the Empire, necessarily, so I'm just kind of going to fall back into the rhythm of my old self, where I would smuggle things and take the job that pays well. And Leia is so focused on building the Republic, eventually building the resistance, but initially building the Republic and fighting that fighting and bloodline, how everybody knows she's Darth Vader's daughter. And I think that divide there causes the loneliness of Kylo Ren, because now he's like lacking those two parental figures and they've gone on their own separate ways because there's no longer an empire to fight. Mm-hmm. So I think that's kind of interesting. I think that creates that feeling of just abandonment almost. And I think that's something that he carries with him and what allows Snoke to penetrate his mind and influence him. Because, again, like with Anakin, Anakin was always very susceptible. He was always thinking with his heart, and that's why Palpatine was able to prey on it and turn him. And I think that's the same for Snoke. Because, again, his parents revert to their old ways. They're not ready for parental duties necessarily. And that opens the door. So what what do you think of that in regards to 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 Kylo's sense of abandonment? Do you feel like that's 
that's definitely the case or how, how early on did you feel like that might have happened in his life? Yeah, I, I do think that this sense of um, darkness creeping up essentially has been there since day one just because uh, we all know or we all like to think, I guess, that the Force has a will. Like there's there's a a character within the Force that's guiding us somewhere. So they're like, there's an end goal here. Um, but also there's such power within that lineage and within um, that family and the, the, the players, the major players there, that if you aren't super vigilant over this child, somebody else is going to scoop him up and, and, you know, play with his mind. Um, and so I think that has been cultivated since, you know, his existence. Right. Um, and I think that I was almost bound to happen. I mean, it's a story, it's fiction. And retrospectively, we're looking back at like this character and being like, yeah, duh. Um, but, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, no, I agree with you. Do you think it was a mistake for them to hand him off to Luke? Do you think there's too many expectations on Kylo to become a Jedi? Kind of one of those things where your parents are doctors and you're born, you go to school and they want you to be a doctor too. And you kind of get forced into it <laughs> and you don't necessarily want to do that, but you feel this burden on your on your life and on an unnecessary weight on your shoulders where you kind of get, you kind of get pushed into it. And it's that sense of wanting to rebel against your parents and like do something different and like try something out. That's not what they expect. Do you think that also played a, a part in giving, giving their son to Luke and saying like, Hey, deal with him, train him to be a Jedi, help him out, do the thing. Sure. I, yeah, I definitely think that, their sense of not knowing what to do or not fully understanding his power or who he is um, led Han and Leia to, to say, I don't know if we can do this. And maybe they couldn't. Um, Which doesn't necessarily think, mean they're bad people either. No, no, of course not. It's just all a matter uh, of circumstance. It's, it's a really, it's very complicated. I think if we like really took the time to like think about each step that we know about and, where it could have gone wrong or could have gone right or, you know, everything in between. I think we, I think we just find that like, it was just a bunch of maybe not even missteps, but just a bunch of choices. Um, that all seemed right in the moment. Right. Um, so maybe they thought handing them off to Luke was the best answer for this kid that they can't fully understand, but understand that he has a gift, has a lot of power, has the potential in his life to do something, right? Um, so yes, it's kind of like the doctor thing. It's like, okay, well, my parents expect this from me. I'm going to go do this, but I don't necessarily feel comfortable where I am from Kylo's point of view, or I don't really think this is me. Um, and it's it's complicated, and it's frustrating because part of the reason kylo likely falls is because he went to luke and he felt abandoned by his parents you know mm -hmm. so they thought they were doing the right thing in the moment but and maybe they were but at the same time 
his emotions interpreted that or his brain interpreted that in a completely different way than it was ever, ever intended to be. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I don't know if that answered your question. No, it does. And when you think about it too, this is, I think where he starts to share similarities with his grandfather, Anakin, because Anakin, you know, comes to the Jedi temple going like a ship, a cup, a ship. And you know, when he's like sitting in the, He's in the council, and Mace Windu's got that stupid thing, and he—I don't get how that's a Jedi power, but okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, everyone's like, "Wow, this kid's really smart, and he's the chosen one." It's like, "Wow, way to put some pressure on a, you know, nine-year-old, ten-year-old kid." And I think that's again part of what went wrong with Anakin is because he had all these expectations that he would bring balance to the Force, and even though it's not explicitly always talked about, like it's very much expected of him. And Qui-Gon, I think, put some of that pressure on him initially and definitely Obi-Wan throughout his training, which I think Obi-Wan's playing the right role of of the master that's being harsh on his Padawan, trying to do the best for him. But I think that's that's, that's where we see the similarities with him and, 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 and Kylo Ren. I think Kylo feels that expectation building and Anakin feels that and that's why they're both susceptible. And when you look at him being handed off to Luke, for, mm-hmm. like you said, for him, that's the way he interprets it. So he feels at this point like Luke is his last f- figure, adult figure that he can rely on. Because, yes, his parents are still there, but there's a certain subconscious feeling that, like, you know, they're busy doing grander things right now, and mm-hmm. I just need to kind of do this and see where it goes and when luke comes in that tent at night and pulls out that lightsaber we really feel that abandoned kid he looks up at luke and i think this is such a powerful moment in the le- this is one of the best things that ryan johnson did was that rashomon effect of the mm-hmm. telling of the three different scenarios and when you think about kylo i was thinking about this today when kylo tells ray that that's his version of what happened. I don't think Kylo is telling Ray that to trick her. I legitimately think that is what he thought that scenario looked like. He looked at his master. In his eyes, it looked like Luke was swinging down that lightsaber with that angry grit on his face like we see in that particular scene. Because to Kylo, that's what that looks like. That's not what mm-hmm. happened, but that's his perception of it. So that's why it's so significant for him. That's why he just turns a dark side because he's like this is the last person that was left in my life and my parents had already given up on me and now my master is giving up on me and i've heard this voice in my head and it's telling me that i meant for bigger better things i meant to follow the steps of my grandfather and finish what he started finish what you started um, <laughs> i just i kind of love it uh um Anyway, I found the page in Illustrated Princess. Oh. Um, it's page 41. I mean, if we're talking about prophecies, you mentioned prophecies, and I've got a couple of books here. Um, there's something about, it reads on page 41, a Star Wars, Master and Princess by Claudia Gray, an icon. She who, she who will be born to darkness will give birth to darkness. Hmm. When I originally read that, I immediately contextualized it within 
the Skywalker saga. And obviously, so obviously, um, there's all these prophecies don't apply simply to the Skywalker saga. There's so much more story that exists within this universe. There's infinite numbers of Skywalker sagas, um, more or less. But I contextualize this to what we know. So she who will be born to darkness will give birth to darkness. And I thought, oh my God, oh my God, it is. Leia. Literally, <laughs> Which... it's written in old Alderanian. <laughs> Leia. Um, yeah, uh-huh. You're right. It is. Uh, and... <laughs> and maybe that's a crap, but um, I thought of that, right? So Padme gives birth to Luke and Leia. She dies. Darkness is rising at the same time in Anakin. She who goes, she who is born into darkness. So she was born into darkness. Those were the dark times of, you know, Order sixty six and the formation of the Empire and all these things. Um, will give birth to darkness. So when I was talking a little bit earlier about how these these pieces of, um, like, of Kylo have been there all along. That's I guess part of what I meant. Like, these things are are destined or predetermined, and that also goes into the last shot quote um on page 18 of last shot by daniel jose older um i've read about 115 pages in this book like a year ago but this one i remember because it was really good um and i'll bring it up again later but han had no idea how a two-year-old could have such ancient eyes it was as as if ben had been waiting around for a millennium to show up at just this moment in history and if you put those two quotes together it's it's all true i mean speaking facts right now if you put the two quotes <laughs> together but uh i mean it's all nonsense but um senses of abandonment senses of feeling that this isn't going down the right path but at the same time feeling that what you're doing as a character as kylo ren is the right thing to do because that's the way you feel and you know everybody is entitled to their emotions, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it feels like all of these things are so deeply rooted within the context of, like, destiny or, mm-hmm. or the Force. Um, and I had something else I was going to say about one of those pieces, but I'm so tired. Well, I'll give you some time to think about that, but what you bring yeah. up about predetermination I think is interesting to bring a little bit of of psychology into this episode but there was a there was a recent article that was written on nerdist about kylo ren's redemption and it had referenced a wordpress article about falling and salvation and the monomyth of all that and it got me thinking it talked a little bit about carl yoon who's a, a famous psychologist and he looked at the psyches of individuals and split it into the self and the ego and all that stuff. But one of the parts of the psych of the psyche that he identified is the collective unconscious. And that's about ancestral history and the form of the world into which a person is born is already inborn in him is that's actually from Carl Jung, that quote. And that just speaks to Kylo Ren because I feel like the form of the world is like through the eyes of Darth Vader, almost like the evilness in him. And that's like born into Kylo already. Like we had talked about right, right off the bat. So I think you're right. I think that's that darkness is in him from the start. It's just a matter of 
the environments around him like can that bring it out and i think all the all the unfortunate choices in retrospect did lead to that coming out and that's why we we get the kylo that that we have yeah absolutely i definitely i definitely agree it's never necessarily intentional to like make choices to hurt somebody else especially a child in that way um but everybody especially han and leia right are trying to just do the best they can Mm -hmm. and and luke um and sometimes that falls short because there are other factors in play yeah 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 so we get we get kylo and luke fails him burns down the temple and now we got kylo ren in the force awakens do you guys believe when he says that he's going to finish what Darth Vader started? What exactly has he started? You know, I will say this for Kylo. I think he gets a bad rap. What? Yeah. He's trying to accomplish something that's never been done in the history of the galaxy. You know? Ridiculous. Rule everything? That's impressive. I, I admire the guy. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. So, very conflicted character, very angry character. So angry. The droid. Stole freighter? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I just think of him slashing the console. Like, yeah. Like, there's just such such rage that mm-hmm. he does not know how to express. Yeah. We go from full innocent boy, spelled B-O-I, to, That's what I wrote ang- in my notes. <laughs> to angry boy. Yeah. Um, Why is he also, so angry, Sarah? What is wrong with him? He's so angry because he's so lonely. Yeah. And he doesn't know how to use his emotions in an effective manner or know how to handle his emotions in an effective manner. And I think he's realized that he has made a series of wrong choices. Um, there is a favorite like meme, I guess it's a meme of mine. And this kind of goes back into young Kylo Ren and his uh, young Ben Solo and his uh, choices. But there is this meme. It's like feminist Kylo Ren. And uh, Kylo Ren has never done anything wrong in his life. (laughs) Um, And they're my favorite because they just take a very hilarious, I think, view of Kylo Ren. But he's somebody who has made all these choices that I think he knows, you know, at the end of the day are choices that have harmed him and choices that have not put him in the place where he wants to be. But at the same time, he's so deep in these choices. He doesn't know what to do. So he just continues to make the choice. And There's almost like he's... no point to try to fix it. Yeah. Um, and that's, I mean, that's why, in, at least in my opinion, we get the, uh, like, Hansel, like, you have to help me make this choice. I don't know if I'm strong enough to do it kind of a thing. He's like, he feels like he's so deep in this timeline of himself that he chooses to make that choice, but also that that ultimately it's like it sets him on a particular path that will maybe get him back to where he wants to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, he is a messy, a messy boy. Uh, he needs some help and some friendship and uh, maybe a little less of abuse of Snoke. Yep. Yeah, I think he, again, a lot of it is circumstance. And, and to go back to to the psychology of it behind Kylo Ren, which I know this is, Lord, I'm, not, 
I'm not a psychology expert anyway, by any means. This is a psychology podcast now. Yeah, I know, right? I sound super pretentious talking about this, but I think it's I think it's interesting. I think it's relevant. Um, talking about the ego and self. Ego is what we what we put on. It's our identity, our conscious identity, and self is more. It, it does contain ego, but it all also contains those unconscious elements and those spiritual elements of a person. So the the self is really more aligned with like who we truly should be. And when, according to Carl Jung and um, this other guy, Edward Edinger, who is a union analyst, but he talked about like when we're born, essentially we're in this unitive state where our self and our ego are lined up as one. And I think that's where Kylo is when he's born, obviously. So he's a Skywalker at, at blood. He's a Skywalker and that's where he lines up with. That's his identity. That's his ego. But part of what Edinger talks about in some of his literature is the is the fall, and that's when the ego no longer wants to follow what the self is. It wants to go on this totally tangential, directional state of things, where it's like basically this article describes it as like a tyrant or a dictator. Um, very much in its own self-interest and distorted view of reality. And he calls it ego inflation. So I think that's where we see Kylo go. It's just interesting to see like this cycle of things happening and it's all based on Kylo. Like It's all seen through Kylo Ren. And it's all very much like a, it's not a phase mom, uh, <laughs> kind of a feeling mm-hmm. just in the sense of like wanting to disconnect from who you are. Yeah. 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 And I think, I think yeah, I, I agree. It's more it's more than just a phase too. It's like he thinks this is right. Mm-hmm. And I think you make such a good point for him to say to say like, you know, this is this is his reality. This is his view of reality even though it is awful. But he is just so unhappy and he's so far gone. He doesn't think he can salvage any sort of self that he had bef- before this that it's like why even try? And mm-hmm. I think that's why in The Last Jedi, it's when he kills Snoke, we all think like, oh, he's going to go back with Rey. It's going to be the moment. But he clearly doesn't care. He's just so far gone. And he wants her to join him. But he, we also see so much conflict in him. One scene in particular I want to think about and, and get your opinion on when he, before he kills Han Solo. When he, Do you think that was all a play? Or do you think that's truly him coming out when he's saying, I'm being torn apart? Do you think that's just to play Han Solo and make him let his guard down? Or is that truly Ben Solo deep inside, like kind of screaming out, saying like, hey, I'm still in here. You know, this isn't truly who I am. This is really me. This is myself. But there's this ego that's drowning me in it. In it. I want to go back to a slightly earlier point and yeah then i'll hop back over you said that he doesn't care about joining ray or going that way um or any sort of uh, or that sort of thing i don't necessarily think i totally agree um that he doesn't care i think that him making the choice to call snoke puts him on one step closer to where he wants to be, if that makes sense. Um, Mm -hmm. And I don't necessarily think that is disconnected from Ray. I think he wants to be connected with Ray. 
and wants her point of view included in his life. And I'm not even suggesting any sort of Raylo thing with that statement. I'm just suggesting that they're kind of fundamentally um, paired in a way. Um, he needs her or wants her point of view in his vision of the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess so I, I mean, join not join Ray in the sense of the resistance. Yeah. But I, yeah. I agree with you. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Join Ray in a more like bonded commonality sort yeah. of sense. Yeah, because he definitely doesn't like not care about Ray. Right. Point yeah. Of view. Right. I think that might be the most fundamental thing to his character. I agree. Yeah. At the point of the end of or around the end of TLJ. Anyway, we'll get back on that later. But hopping back to The Force Awakens and that bridge and being torn apart. I, I do think he's torn apart. I think he's got so much anger towards Han that has been built up throughout his life. Um, and I think he feels that like very deeply and he can't reconcile that feeling with a loving image of his father. Um, but I also think his identity at the point of TFA is so far gone from his family, his name, the resistance, the Skywalkers, the Jedi, the whole thing that there's no way that he could have gone with Han at that point in the story if you take that to tlj after snoke i think there's more of a chance if that other person had been han saying come home let's find a solution together there'd be more of a chance for him in my opinion to say yes to that sort of idea than raise resistance ideology based thing mm. at that point in the story i don't know if that makes sense but i've said it out loud now so it does make sense um you asked if it was a play or a ploy uh, in TFA. That's something that I have been wrestling with. And I think we'll know after The Rise of Skywalker a little bit better yeah. about that idea. Because the idea that's a play towards a larger endgame or a ploy for something else or something bigger is really fascinating. But... I don't know if we've seen the last of Han, if that makes sense, which is never something I thought I'd say. And then we got a thousand generations, yada, 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 Force Ghost Luke in that trailer or whatever, Spirit Luke in that trailer talking about how everything has led to this moment and to Rey. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if we've seen the end of that particular beat in the story. I think that'll be interesting to learn. Maybe, I mean, this could be a whack theory, whatever. But interesting to learn come the Rise of Skywalker if we get Han communicating with Kylo in some sort of way that wraps up that idea as a play towards an endgame. That would be um, interesting as a choice that Han wanted to make. Like there are a lot of people who think, Oh, he walked on that bridge knowing that he was going to die, which like knowing that Harrison Ford has essentially wanted to kill off Han Solo since the moment he was introduced. That's a fair theory. You know, I can't fault people for that. I think sometimes I think that as well. So like 
that whole idea of him out there on the balcony or on the bridge, I don't know, um, is really, really fascinating and hasn't been resolved at the end of TLJ. Yeah, and the lighting in that scene is amazing, by the oh, way. Beautiful. Brilliant. Somebody on Twitter, some, somebody commented on a recent post that I, I made, <clears throat> and I included that as one of my favorite shots of Star Wars, where you see Han on the bridge, Kylo, and then there's that ray of light coming through the top part. And I didn't even think about it, but literally, like, Ray is standing up there. Yeah. So it's like a ray of light coming over Ray onto the bridge. I was like, oh my god, how did I just realize that? But that whole scene is just framed and lighted so brilliantly. And I think, I don't think it was a play. I think that'd be too sinister for Kylo, honestly. And we do see that he is so tormented. So I don't think he was just trying to play Han to let his guard down and bring him in to kill him. Because I think he could have just pretty easily killed him if he wanted to. I think he was like really trying to reach out and like test how he felt. And he felt like, no, nah, I don't, I don't think this is it. I don't know. What? It's so complicated. What do you think? And I'm not talking about like your opinion on redemption or bendemption or or whatever. Do you think that Kylo as a character has an end game that he sees in his brain at this point in the story. Do you think that the killing of Han Solo and the killing of Snoke and the asking of Ray to join him, do you think he has an end game? Uh, and like, if so, what does you think, what do you think that looks like? So, I have two thoughts on that. The first, the killing of Han Solo. I, spoilers for Avengers Endgame and Affinity War. That's so random, but you'll get my point here. So, in Avengers Infinity War, when Doctor Strange ultimately gives the time stone to Thanos, and Tony's like, why, why did you do that? And Dr. Strange says it was the only way. That is the lens through which I look at the killing of Han Solo through. So mm. I don't look at it necessarily as Kylo having an endgame. I look at it as Kylo and Han on that bridge together and coming to a mutual understanding. No words spoken at all before he's killed. Nothing. There's a mm -hmm. mutual understanding that when Han's thinking of Leia saying, bring our son home, Han is thinking, this is the only way. Because if my son comes with me right now, Snoke is going to be full furied and mm. he's going to continue to infiltrate the mind of my son to the point of where I will endanger the rest of the resistance. I have to die. The reason I have to die is because I need to prove to Snoke that my son is what he wants him to be. This is the only way. So I see that entire sacrifice as as Han knowing it has to happen. There's no end game for Kylo in that moment, but they both under I think they both somehow understand that that's what needs to happen. I I just I don't think it's like originally I was like, "Oh, what if Kylo's a spy?" Like what if the, like no. Mm -hmm. But 
I'm under the I'm under the umbrella of like they both know this is what has to happen, and that's why the lighting changes in the scene to where like half of his face is blue, and then all of a sudden half of his his face is red. It's dawning on him that like okay, I have to kill my dad. It's not necessarily something I want to do, but this is what I'm. This is what I'm now doing. Yeah, it's taking absolutely. over. Absolutely. So that's the first part of that question. This, I, I think, in regards to his entire endgame, though, I don't think he has one. I think he originally wanted some sort of pull to the light and events have just transpired where not only have his parents abandoned him in some respect, but his master abandoned him and then Snoke twisted his mind to, pre- to pretend with the force connection and bridge him and Ray's mind. And that was all him. Whereas he thought like, finally, maybe he found somebody that he could connect to. It was really just all a ploy. So he feels betrayed like one more time. And he's like, I've had enough of this shit. I want to be, bigger than all of this and i am sick of the past and i'm gonna kill it and i'm just so i think now his end game is just really like i think originally he didn't have one but i think now his end game is to just answer to nobody mm. and have no expectations whatsoever of himself from anybody else he just wants to be supreme leader and he just wants to do what has to be done whatever gets in his way I think your but point there's still of like, redeemable quality qualities to him. I think your point of not answering to anybody is really interesting because since day one, he's been in the shadow of somebody else's legacy and somebody mm-hmm. else's power. And in killing Snoke, he's gotten rid of all of that oppressive power right um like i don't think leia is oppressive power i don't think ray is oppressive power but like snoke was oppressive power to him i mean we got in the synopsis for that upcoming snoke and kylo age of resistance comics that um like are you know gonna learn how he tormented him or whatever but uh so snoke in definition is essentially like an oppressive force. So in killing Snoke, again, getting back to where I was saying, uh, killing Snoke was getting rid of that force in his life, that, you know, the feeling of being weighed down. But at the same time, he still has to contend with the other people who have power in his life, which are like Leia and Ray, and I think we're going to see more, maybe a little bit of those Leia pieces in nine, even maybe a little bit of those Ray pieces. But that's to me, maybe why um, he asks her and why he pleads and begs her to join him because he doesn't want her power as a force against his or a check on his judgment um, or his, you know, answering to somebody uh, he wants to be able to make those choices and have the people that have power aligned with his sense of power so that he doesn't need to go through them or mm-hmm. have be a combative force towards them in order to do whatever he wants to do yeah it's and that's so well seen in the scene with him and Hux. When Hux yeah. is like, blah, 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 blah. And Kyle is just like, the Supreme Leader is dead. Uh, and he starts choking him. And I was like, holy shit. 
fun fact that took me like two or three times of seeing that movie to like really think about that line and like how it's said and the inflection with with it's with which it is said uh in order to like understand that scene and i went oh shit <laughs> when i really got it i was like crap um and then the, i mean that's also amplified in a different way when they're in the the gorilla walkers atm something i don't know <laughs> i i hate those things they make me uncomfortable um and he it's it's true i don't like them uh and he tosses Hux to the side. Like, he doesn't want his power against his at all. And so he shows that he is the dominating power in that situation. Yeah. Do you think you got him? <laughs> <laughs> oh. See, if he didn't have Hux around, he would be much less angsty, I think. Well, slightly less angsty. Adam's, Adam Driver's performance in The Last Jedi is incredible. Stunning. Like, I, when he first took off his helmet in The Force Awakens, it was kind of awkward. It was, like, awkwardly, it's just, like, I was, like, okay. Yeah. Adam Driver without the mask, okay. His voice was so menacing with the mask on. How is this going to be? I just, I wasn't sure what would I, I would expect. And, and The Last Jedi with him having it off the whole time. And delivering that line, like you said, with that inflection that he has, I'm just like, wow. Like, he is just so, he has such a powerful performance that he doesn't need that mask on to come across as a villain. Mm -hmm. And even, like, one of my favorite lines of his in the movie is, like, when he says, blow that piece of junk out of the sky. (laughs) More! (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I love that one, too. So good. More. I mean, it, it just really speaks to uh, Kylo's like deep sense of um, not feeling settled. He's so unsettled mm-hmm. that it channels his like rage. Uh, yeah, which is really interesting. But you talked a little bit about how you felt um, Kylo in the Force of Vegas versus Kylo in. The Last Jedi, and I'm going to tangent a little bit, but it'll, it'll, it's all still there. Um, I hated Kylo in The Last, or in the Force Awakens. I just could not connect. I couldn't understand why people love this character. I had a friend who has a Kylo poster like on his wall, like that's specifically Kylo and some stormtroopers or whatever, and I was just like, why <laughs> you've put this on your wall why uh kylo sucks like i said these things um i just i it may, maybe it felt too awkward for me or too much i guess in a sense the the breaking of the console didn't work for me but when i saw the last jedi i went oh shit kylo ren is the best character uh because the way that he was written and the the smashing of the mask and the shedding of the identity on like the identity of the mask really allowed us to get under his skin and understand Mm -hmm. all of the conflict he feels and so some people 
such as yourself, perhaps, get real hyped about sports. You know, like sports ball, sports ball, Uh, sports ball, score the home run. Exactly. They yell at their TVs. They get real fired up every Thanksgiving day when we play Ohio State. When Michigan plays Ohio State. This is me talking about you. Um, yeah. When get real fired up when your star player messes that play up, right? Mm-hmm. Get real angry about it. Lots of yelling. <laughs> lots of passionate feelings. That's how I feel about the mask smashing scene. That whole piece of music, uh, revisiting Snoke, that whole scene, he's feeling so many feelings about the mask and about his identity and about... Uh, the way that Snoke is treating him. He walks out of that room. He gives us that eye twitch and he smashes the mask. And I'm just yelling because I feel so strongly about him tearing up the identity of the mask. Yeah. Uh, because his choice to do that tells us so much about uh, where his character is at. This character, he has no idea who he wants to be in that moment or no idea how how to attain his his goals of like being like his grandfather or, or what he thinks his grandfather is like or being a leader. Like he doesn't understand anything. He doesn't know who he is at all. And so watching The Last Jedi and getting some of those incredibly detailed and incredibly small moments gave me like a retrospective to look back at the force awakens with and to look forward to the rise of skywalker with that like i'm incredibly thankful for i'm so sorry to my friend and everyone else who i got mad at for being kylo fans in 2015 (laughs) (laughs) so yeah yeah well let's talk about the future rise of skywalker that's gonna be our last talking point here you ran into kylo ren in the bathroom he told me to give you this After the rain comes the rainbow. Sorry, I killed your son. Obviously, we can only go as far as to speculate about anything that's to come, but we've covered a lot. We've covered Kylo pre-Fall from Grace. We've covered Kylo when he's turned. Kylo as he's met Rey. Kylo as... We joked about more. Like, he's just so angry now. And where is he going to go? It's, you know, this is the Skywalker saga. And Rey is definitely a focal point of this trilogy. And we're going to we're gonna get into her hero's journey in our next part of this two-part episode. But... Kylo is really the focal Skywalker. Even though he takes the name of Solo, he is a Skywalker. Just as Leia is a Skywalker, as Luke is a Skywalker, and as Anakin is a Skywalker, as Shmi is a Skywalker. Oh, we stand. Shmi! Shmi, just We will never forget Shmi. you. Space mom. The uh, original. What do you think she's doing? Okay, we're going to go on a real quick tangent. What is Shmi doing? She's dead. <laughs> what is Shmi doing? Like... Is Shmi just watching this on her TV set like, oh my god. Is Shmi my looking kid. at us through the force going, Jesus Christ, what they, the they messed it up. They should have never let him go. What did Maybe I do? slavery wasn't so bad after all on Tatooine. Like, Holy shit, I, I just know, had I a revelation. 
You just had a revelation. Is Shmi, Sky, Shmi Skywalker giving Anakin to Qui-Gon Jinn is the equivalent of Han and Leia giving Ben Solo to Luke Skywalker. It's like poetry. It rhymes. <laughs> oh god, I'm too late. It's too late for this. Um. Oh my god. That's some good stuff right there. I yeah. haven't made that connection till right now. We need right to now. pause, calm down a minute, and by, I'm talking to oh. myself. And then think about this for like a week, and then we'll pick up this episode. Oh my god! <laughs> We're Holy probably not. Shit. I mean, you're. I mean, maybe not the first person to have that thought, but even then, it's shocking. That is just so interesting to think about. So, oh uh, wait! Wow, man! That... As Owen Wilson would say, "Wow!" wow. I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna get an Owen Wilson sound, but wow. Um, this is an Owen man. Wilson podcast now. Friends yeah. of Owen Wilson. Wow. Uh, that really makes me... I don't know if that makes me more settled or less settled about The Rise of Skywalker then. Because maybe if you read my tweets every once in a while or if you talk to me enough, you realize that I'm really stressed out about The Rise of Skywalker. It's stressful that does so. not exist. It is a fictional movie about some fictional characters in a fictional universe. It has no like true real impact on the direction hey, of my life hey hey this is a long time ago in a galaxy who says this isn't true galaxy far point. far away you know yes anyway i'm really stressed about it and so whenever i come up with a new theory or whenever i hear a new theory or hear somebody talk about it in a way that i hadn't considered i have two immediate thoughts and they come right in succession of one another and the first is oh my god this means kylo has to die and then the second thought right after that thought is wait wait no he's gonna live and be redeemed and so i don't know how i feel about you saying that this is like um the 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 rhyme of of that piece i don't know if that means he lives or dies and if you know me you know like my number one thing is like Ben Solo gets redeemed. That's where I stand. And two, Ben Solo lives. Um, and I don't know if we'll get both of those pieces. So, I again, I'm just really stressed out about it. And talking about Shmi Skywalker doesn't help. Bye. <laughs> well, let's talk about the title, The Rise of Skywalker. Or as in Japan, The Dawn of Skywalker. Oh, as recently so unveiled. So, so my understanding of the rise of skywalker i know originally a lot of people had started saying oh ray's gonna make a new band of jedi and they're all gonna be called skywalkers i am not under that camp anymore i was originally mm-hmm. i'm not under that camp because it doesn't make sense one from a marketing perspective for lucasfilm aside from story because why would you rebrand jedi which is one of the most like recognizable phrases of all time into sure. into that but from a, a storytelling perspective i think there's too much i think that would be too, like too much to wrap up in the one movie potentially hmm. and it, 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 i think if they like shoehorn it in it would be kind of cheesy potentially i, I just mm-hmm. i don't know but my my thought process behind it is the rise of skywalker and i i recently wrote an article about this on dark side of the force go read it my article shameless, shameless plug, plug. I talked about how I think the rise of Skywalker speaks to the breaking of the wheel 
And I know you are now just questioning, like, does that Shmi connection now spell death for Kylo? Or what does that mean? And I think even though there's a similarity between the two of them, I think Kylo is going to break the wheel of the Skywalkers. The Skywalkers have always been a family that has been susceptible to the dark side. That's just how it's been. And I think Kylo is a shining recent example of that. And I think he is going to break the wheel. I think he's going to show that just because we're Skywalkers doesn't mean we're going to fall into the same old song and dance. We're not going to just keep succumbing to some larger power greater than us and nobody else guides our destiny but ourselves and even though he has committed atrocities and killed his own father i think it's about you can always make a better choice to be a better person to an extent yeah some people are irredeemable you know but i think in his situation i think he can atone i think he can redeem himself i think he can choose to be a better person and prove that I don't know if it necessarily means he'll make it out, but I think he's going to, I know, right? The pain. I think he's, go- <laughs> right. I think he's going to finally break the wheel. And I think that's what the rise of Skywalker means. I think that means the Skywalkers are going to finally rise against tradition, against the running joke of like, oh, those Skywalkers are always up to trouble. They're always turning to the dark side, you know, like they're going to finally rise above that storyline and and be better yeah i when i saw in a tweet somewhere that the japanese title was the dawn of skywalker it gave me a completely new perspective on the title and what the the feeling i got from the title the rise of skywalker rise is a word that to me when I think of rise, I think of power, strength, mm-hmm. and you know, prowess, and and all of these all of these ideas that relate to I don't know, like like somebody like a superhero with their arms, you know, on their hips and um, their hands on their hips, and they're everybody's looking up at them. When I think of the rise of something, that's what I'm thinking of. Versus. When I'm thinking of the dawn of the Skywalker, I think of something that's like much quieter than like that, you know, really powerful, uh, celebratory or like awe, moment of awe. I think of something that's much quieter, something that's much more hopeful. Uh, Like the word dawn feels more hopeful to me. And so that gave me an interesting new perspective of the title that I don't know if it'll play into the movie because obviously the title in English, which is the movie that the language is in, is, you know, Rise, which who knows? Who knows at this point? Um, To me, though, what do I think it means for the story? Uh, For me, I do think it does mean... Kylo Ren Ben Solo's redemption and I don't think that that takes away from Rey as a character at all and I think we can chat about this further in our Rey episode um, which you're letting me back on this podcast again 
I know. I don't know why you're doing that, but here we are. Um, questioning it. <laughs> you should be. Um, but, uh, you know, I don't think it takes away from her character because she is the hero. She is the person who will be the instigator, I think, of the balance or the resolution to the conflict. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think that Kylo will be the one to make the change in order mm-hmm. for that to happen at the end of the day. And, you know, I agree with you about breaking the cycle. Uh, I agree with you about this idea that this story, maybe this set of stories, this trilogy even, and I'm not trying to put words in your mouth. I'm maybe adding, uh, you're good is different from the rest is breaking from the mold of what we saw before of the story we saw before and of the people we saw before. Um, so yeah, my thoughts on the rise of Skywalker are constantly changing, always stressful and unresolved. So breaking from the mold is an important phrase. I think you just brought up because I think when the trilogy started, people were like, Oh, it's a rehash of a new hope. Ryan Johnson completely took it in a new direction. He broke the mold. My man's. My man, as Aquaman would say. Um, (laughs) I think Ray, when you look at Ray, she's expected, we expect her knowing what happens with Luke and Vader. We expect Ray to go, oh, Ray's going to redeem Kylo Ren. So when they, when they start fighting in the throne room in Last Jedi, we go, oh, this is the moment when Ray turns Kylo, because that is what we expect of a Jedi. We expect them to turn the bad guy good and it breaks the mold. They don't do that, and they can go completely off in their own directions, and they sever that Force connection at the end of The Last Jedi. Unless they don't. Unless they don't, because they're going to team up. But to fight <laughs> Sheev, do it. But, <laughs> oh, by the way, um, he's hmm. going to say do it in The Rise of Skywalker. And if they don't, I will never give another dime to Disney, ever. Wow, are you going to start... I hate Twitter and Do you just tweet mm-hmm. at Disney yep. all the time. Next time I get my Disney check for seven dollars and twenty nine cents, I'm going. Wait, to you're making seven dollars and twenty nine cents? I'm a Disney shill. Oh my! Oh my! God. I'm only making five twenty five. Uh, oh God, we gotta we gotta fix the gender my <laughs> gender gap right I, here. I didn't even I didn't even it's know ridiculous. our shill our our shilling. <laughs> was also under the patriarchy wow the inequality here is unreal yeah yeah. but (laughs) but i i do think i think that's a great phrase to bring up break the mold and i think that i now lose my train of thought because i'm so sorry (laughs) three glasses of wine into this conversation yeah this is a really good episode guys Woo! looking at the definition of dawn Mm -hmm. um according to google Google. Oh man, it's Google's gonna totally say everything Sarah said, like the definition. Everything Sarah said is wrong. Right. Uh, it's a noun. Oh. <laughs> the first appearance of light in the sky before sunrise. Super soft. Right. Super soft. Second definition: the beginning of a phenomenon or period of time, especially one considered favorable, the dawn of civilization. I love it. So that one's a little a little more 
less on the nose. And I think but if we look at the dawn of Skywalker, soft. right, I think we look at the dawn of Skywalker, a time that is considered favorable, a time for the Skywalkers considered favorable where they don't have to keep falling into the same rhythm. They don't have to keep falling to the dark side. Oh, for those of you listening, Sarah is now showing me the Vanity Fair cover, <laughs> sp- uh, two-page spread of Kylo and Rey fighting with a big, pretty big space between them. Uh, are they really fighting? I don't are know. Fighting each Sorry, other? Are they I'm fighting just... that big, giant, invisible space in between them with Sheev edited out. Yeah, where he's saying, do it. With a, do with it. a, speech, bubble that, a speech bubble that says, it's treason then. <laughs> and then he goes, ah! Uh, I'm sorry. I don't even remember why I got this. I knew there was a reason, but then I got up and made a joke about the wage gap. And Are you talking about the Vanity Fair cover? Is that where you were going with it? Because the Vanity Fair cover... I was just Fair talking cover... about the Vanity Fair thing. I, I, there was something I wanted to find in here, but I forgot. And that's probably because I am two glasses of wine into this episode. And... Is it the fact that the covers have a lot of clouds on the side of Kylo, but then on the Ray cover, there's like not as many clouds? Because that is an interesting... It wasn't even about the cover. It was about the article, but um, I don't remember it. But yes, I mean we're also. I mean, there's a lot of sky happening in mm-hmm. in um, these photos, and there's lots of clouds. And you could say potentially that there's maybe a dawn on one side and a dusk on the other, mm-hmm. or maybe it's a dawn on both or a dusk on both. Heck if I know. I'm not Annie Leibovitz. So. I want to ask you an opinion on something. This is something I brought up on episode two. Okay. That was a while but, ago. So Yeah. <laughs> I know. That was like that was like three weeks ago. Yeah. This podcast is old as is a you know. As but, Yaddle. I'm trying to keep it not explicit here. Oh, I'm so I sorry. Bad, I almost said a bad word. <laughs> no, not I'm Yaddle. So Yaddle. I've been Yaddle's saying, a bad word. We I'm, don't talk about Yaddle. I've been saying some bad words. That's really my fault. I'm so sorry, no. children um, that are listening yeah. to this. For all the the pre-18-year-olds listening to this podcast, which I don't think that's a thing. Yeah, they they never hear a swear word, swear word until age 18. Nope. But, um, okay, so I brought this up in episode two. So that was yeah. when Kylo, when they had the licensing expo in Las Vegas, and we got yeah. a closer look at Kylo's mask. Oh, yeah. And I was looking at the etymology of the word mask. And Ooh. and Brezier, I'm probably butchering this, Brezier is France. The meaning for the word mask had meant, quote unquote, dark cloud before the rain comes. Don't know why. But on the Vanity Fair cover, do you notice how there's like a lot of clouds? And then we get the photo of them fighting in the rain. Just saying. Just saying. Wait, 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 wait. Go back and read the definition for me one more time. Dark cloud before the rain comes. For mask. And we see, it's very, it's been very emphasized that he's wearing the mask of this movie. Like, we see him reconstructing it. Fascinating. (laughs) I don't know. It's a huge stretch of the imagination, but I think it's but like I don't know, it's kind so, of interesting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know what it means, can, but we can draw some lines in between these two things. You know? Yeah. Uh, what better do we think so we have to do with our time? Nothing. Um, Nothing. 
<laughs> no, that's really interesting because when you think of the mask too and how you smashed it and how it's back together, but it looks like it's a heckin' mess. Um, yeah. Ooh, because you think dark cloud, right? So you have a rainstorm. Dark clouds come in, it rains, and then what comes after the rain? The not the rain. The not rain, <laughs> yes. The sun. Me, me yesterday, when I was literally completely soaked, <laughs> there were many dark clouds. Uh, just miserable guys. <sighs> the sun comes, the dawn. Yeah, yeah. So when you think about the ki- character of Kylo Ren and him reconstructing this mask this dark cloud is looming over him now and he's still on the dark side. It's dark cloud following him around, literally like raining. I think of like a cartoon character walking around in a yeah, dark cloud yeah, following him. I think of that as Kylo and this huge scene that they're going to have in the rainstorm. We've seen the behind the scenes footage of, you know, Daisy Ridley on the wires and the, and the, which should be on the death star probably. That's what um, I think. Yeah. And clearly something happens after that. And maybe after that comes the dawn. Maybe that after that comes the redemption and the favorable time for the Skywalkers where they finally can live in peace and harmony, no longer threatened by Palpatine, who has orchestrated every single one of the Skywalkers' downfalls for, you know, 50 to 60 years. Yeah, what a... Which is crazy to think that that's how long these movies take place over. <laughs> I was going to say other words, but I'm now trying to censor myself. Um, yeah. Hmm. I feel like I'm going to have to sit on sit on that whole idea because I really like it. It's definitely a stretch because of course it is. But uh, it's, it's a really fascinating thing to think about the idea of the mask as not just an identity that you place on yourself, but an identity that will be shed. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not. There's not the ambiguity of. The masks, time, frame or time period or, um, you know. Segment. But the idea that the mask, its destiny, as an identity. Is something that will be swept away by the light right um by the rain even by the rain yeah no i really like that i'm a big fan rain erodes everything rain and water and wind i feel like i've got to just go write like 600 words of uh like a one shot be like here's some rain (laughs) everything's better now (laughs) um no that's really fascinating i like it a lot thanks for reading that (laughs) i don't feel like so do you do we think so? We can both agree that Kylo Ren's. We think Kylo Ren's going to re- be redeemed. Survival question mark redemption happening. Absolutely. Um, I understand where people are like, no, that's too close to Return of the Jedi, which I get. Um, but I also think that's why he needs to live personally. Uh, because that would paint itself differently um, than what we got in Return of the Jedi. But I, I do think the idea of redemption and the idea of coming back from your worst moment or your worst day or your wrong choice um, is so built in to um, 
the idea of Star Wars. Um, it's it's a franchise that, and I mean, we really got it with TFA and Rogue One specifically, but like this theme of hope, and we're gonna say it like hope is like the mm-hmm. sun, and you know, hope. You know that one lady, this idea of hope baked into this, you know, this recipe that is Star Wars. And to me, if he doesn't get redeemed, why are we hoping? If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I don't think that makes sense, but hopefully somebody will be able to pick out the point I'm trying to make within that. Um, like, if he doesn't get redeemed, what's what's the point? Ray is the hero. We know she's going to be doing that. She know we know she's going to have the ending that is in her favor, whatever it may be. But she's not the one we need to be hoping for. She has that baked into herself already. It's Kylo that gets the redemption train. Anyway, I am the conductor choo-choo on the redemption train, except I'm not really. I'm just a passenger. Many, many a people have, uh, you know, spoken it before me. Shout out to every single one of them. You are all amazing. So speaking of hope, I think this quote is from Princess of Alderaan. I think Star Wars lore canon junkies out there, please don't just you know, go at for me. It. But I figure it out. <laughs> hope is like the sun, which as we journey towards it, casts the shadow of our burden behind us. Hope sweetens the memory. This is it. I don't think this keep is it. it. Keep it in the podcast. No. This ain't it, Chief. All right, all right. Okay. Anyway, speaking of hope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, speaking of hope, like like Leia says, hope is like the sun. If you only believe in it when you can see it, you'll never make it through the night. So if you only ever believe that Kylo is redeemable, if you see it, if you see him doing good things, you'll never make it through. So you got to just got to believe in it. Got to believe he's still redeemable because if you accept the fact that it's never going to happen, it's never going to happen. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Amen. So, so yeah, we, we believe, we believe Kylo is going to be redeemed and we're not really, we're not going to know if, you know, fingers crossed. We're not going to know until December 20th when the rise of Skywalker hits theaters. You can't end this episode yet. I've got a point to add, and then you can end it. <laughs> you need to You need to add that point. Yeah, I need to add that point. Um, we were talking about the word dawn earlier. Yeah. That's what. That's the point, because you're saying hope is like the sun. You have to make it through the night. Before the dawn. Uh, dawn. Uh, uh, and there's a dawn of Skywalker, or a rise of Skywalker. And when does the sun rise? In the morning, everybody. Get with the program. <laughs> oh my god. Kylo Ren. So what do you think Ray and Kylo are having for breakfast after that dawn? Oh, you know Let's end it on a fun note. Maybe a little have, fun hypothetical. Maybe they'll have sixty portions each. You know? Maybe maybe they've just thought to themselves, it's been a long road 
to this point. Let's have some Tanray Ryan. Is it Tanray or Tanray um, wine for breakfast? I mm-hmm. mean, we're drinking this evening. Maybe they'll just start day drinking. <laughs> you know, if I had Darty non- <laughs> nonsense. Darty and the Jakku at at. Yeah, maybe maybe I would just start drinking. <laughs> um, you know, I, I think Kylo Ren is an eggs Benedict kind of guy. That's fair. I don't know That's why. fair. Maybe, maybe Ray would on like, card like, plots like, "What do you want for breakfast?" And Kylo's gonna be like, "I want eggs Benedict," and then Ray's he's gonna, gonna say to his like Adam Driver voice, <laughs> like, and Ray's gonna be like, that. "Stop! You're embarrassing us!" <laughs> oh my god, amazing! I love, I love like, I love like, thick or <laughs> or thoughts that are like just so soft and also ridiculously silly (laughs) okay for anybody listening right now you need to comment when i post this on twitter do you want to see a a fanfic (laughs) from me and sarah about kylo ren and ray getting breakfast after kylo and are we are we gonna go in and co-write it is this the thought are we are we i think if we co-write it if if, yeah if if the people want it yeah if we co-write it and we can act it out as an as a bonus episode, it could oh happen. God. Oh my god. This is the best episode. Never mind what I said previous multiple times about this being the worst episode. This is now the best episode, hands down. Yeah. We're planning okay. we're writing writing fic yep. together about breakfast. Yep. So if you want a breakfast fic, let us know. Let me know in the comments of Twitter. I need to know. I need you all to let me know. We'll make it happen. <laughs> Sarah, do you got anything else you want to talk about, Kylo Ren? I mean, I probably have much more to say when I'm, you know, well-rested and sober and, you know, when all of the pieces are just actually fitting together in my brain. (laughs) (laughs) But today, not really. Um, Pretty much just, you know, go redeem my boy. Um, He is good and he deserves your love maybe you know you don't have to you don't have to give up your love i don't you know i don't force that on you because everybody has a choice maybe differently if you are a hater so how did you get this far (sighs) yeah Um, that's all i have to say about kylo ren yeah kylo ren's gonna go from innocent boy to bad boy to good boy real quick it's gonna be zero to a hundred in the rise of skywalker and jj abrams is pulling all the stops and he is going to surprise us. He's going to wrap up all nine movies and Kylo is the last Skywalker. He's the last, I mean, besides, uh, besides Leia, but it's going to be interesting. I can't wait for it. I'm going to, I can't handle it emotionally to see this movie. So I don't, I don't know how I'm going to make it through. <laughs> I'm stressed. I'm stressed. I'm stress sweating about it right now. It's happening. That's like a huge forever mood for me (laughs) honestly it's a it's a struggle we got six months to go we'll get there eventually a buddy of mine saw kylo ren take his shirt off in the shower and and he said that kylo ren had an eight pack but kylo ren was shredded what your friend's a liar man kylo ren is a punk bitch that guy looks like he weighs 30 pounds soaking wet underneath that little black dress well thank you sarah for coming on and talking to me about kylo ren Hopefully, for everybody listening, all of our all of our thoughts were somewhat coherent. Woo-hoo. 
and we were able to piece together the person that is Kylo Ren, both Ben Solo turned into Kylo Ren, turned into Ben Solo again, hopefully. We will be analyzing Rey and the hero's journey that Rey has gone through up to the points that we can identify sometime soon. And hopefully that will be coming sometime next week or the week after. Very excited about it. Uh, I think we had a pretty good conversation today about Ben, and I'm excited to dig into Rey. And we can even get into how those two interact are going to be interacting uh, in The Rise of Skywalker because they truly are the main characters of this new trilogy. And Daisy Ridley and Adam Driver are the true faces of Star Wars right now. So I'm excited. Everybody here should be excited. And Sarah, where can people find you on Twitter? You can find me at SEH221. It is like Sherlock Holmes, 221B Baker Street, with an E in the middle, the S and the H. But it doesn't have any reference to Sherlock Holmes. Um, on Twitter and on Instagram. Again, that is SEH221. Um, I tweet about Star Wars a lot. Sometimes I tweet about my commute to work, because it takes forever. Um, and other times... I'm sleeping. That's it. That's pretty much me in a nutshell. It's a big, big mood right there. Yep. Speaking of sleep, I'll be heading to sleep soon, but if you guys are listening and you're either waking up or just about to go to sleep, you can find us at Friends of Force on Twitter. You can find me at Brad underscore Whipple on Twitter as well. Definitely follow all of us, all, all both of us on Twitter at the podcast and our personal Twitters. We post some pretty fun things here and there, so follow along for that journey. And uh, we are close to reaching 100 followers, so if you guys can spread the word of the podcast, give it some retweets. Once we hit 100 followers, we're going to do our first Q&A episode, which will be a lot of fun. Hopefully have you guys sending in some questions. So with that, we will see you next time, and may the force be with you always. 